Many chassidim had the minug of preparing their water supply for the entire Pesach before Yom Tif. In this way, they wouldn't have to be concerned about which kalim were used, uh, including Goyesha kalim, right, to, to get the water from the well. Abhilal, who's very careful about this, he, he had this minug. And one Pesach, to his great distress, he opens up one of the, these uh, barrels and he finds floating right on top a kernel of wheat. And now such an event, you could imagine if any, any year that would make upset, right? If you, if you, even if you were a simple yid, you open up your water bottle that, that you prepared before Pesach and you find a kernel of wheat floating on the top, you know? Now how much more so if you're in a pillow parature and you're so careful about every little thing. He was so bothered and, and he was distraught. He was, couldn't believe it. He said, how did this happen to me? What, what did I do to have, to have caused this, to, you know, that, that this happened to me? And after thinking about it for very deeply for a long time, Rabbi Hillel came to the following conclusion. He says, when I came to Lubavitch, I try as much as possible to avoid being seen by the Rebbe. The Rebbe does not have to see my my bad qualities. It's like, oi, if only I would have allowed the Rebbe to see me, his gaze would have protected me from such an Aveda. The pillow would sing three Nagunim before saying a mimer. So Armenig is, I mean, from, from, the, from the Rebbe, right? That you have a Hachonanigin. Before you say a mimer, you say Hachonanigin. He would say three, sing three. And his minig was to say chasidus during Shalashudis, which, as with all his minhagim, he did wherever he was. Even if he was in Lubavitch and he went to visit the Tzemach Tzedek, a group of chasidim would come to wherever he was staying by Shalashudis to hear him say chasidus. Once, the Rebbe's grandson, Rebbe Zalman Aaron, the Razal, right, the Rebbe Rashab's older brother, um, he was then four or five. He participated in this gathering. And after might have Reb Hillel honored him, that uh, he said, oh, you're a you know, four or five-year-old boy. You hold the candle. Right, for half dollar. And then he says, okay, I want to escort the boy home. Reb's grandson, I'm going to walk him home. And when Reb Zalman Aaron, again, we call him Reb Zalman Aaron, but he was four years old at the time, five years old, he refused to allow Reb Hillel himself to, to be the escort because he said, it's not right. Reb Hillel is such a famous chassid. He should have to schlep me, a little boy, whatever. Um, so Reb Hillel offered to send two people to accompany him. And to this, the young child agreed. And the two chassidim started walking with, with Raza. After going only a short distance, Raza noticed that Reb Hillel was like walking along behind them. And he stopped and said, hey, we agreed that you wouldn't be walking me home. And during the whole conversation that the pillow was trying to, he kept trying to convince him that, no, I want to walk you home. Please let me walk you home. <clears throat> Someone came from the Rebbe's house to pick up the boy. And from here we see the respect that Abhilo had for everyone in the Rebbe's house even a small child. In, in 1947, the Friedrich Rebbe requested 
that Reb Yamin Gordetsky should accompany his son-in-law the Rashag on a trip. And during that conversation, the Friedrich Rebbe told him a story. He said, when my father, right, the Reb Rashab, was four or five years old, so he and his brother the Razor, they left their grandfather's apartment, the, the Tzemach Sadek's apartment, to go to their apartment across the courtyard. And then the Lord Hill noticed that they were walking by themselves. So going over to them, he lovingly said, Oh, the Rebbe's the Rebbe's grandchildren. And he escorted them home. Now, just as after the Alta Rebbe's Istalko, some Hasidim had questions about who should the new Rebbe be, so too, by, after the Istalkos of the Mittal Rebbe, uh, the Hasidim weren't sure who should be the next Nasi, the next Rebbe. And in a meeting of the leading and Elter Hasidim, it was decided to appoint his son-in-law, Rebbe Menachem Mendel, the Tzemach Sedek, as Rebbe. And a delegation of 18 Hasidim were given the task of convincing him to accept being Nasi, becoming the next Rebbe. And while all of them were outstanding Hasidim, were only aware of the identity of three of them. One of them was Reb Hillel Parcher, another one was Isaac Humler, and the other one was Reb Peretz of Beshenkovich. Yes, that's your, your grandfather is named, is, was Peretz right? Yeah. So he's named after... Yeah, like uh, his son was Reb David Tzvi Anyways, in the beginning, the Tzemach Tzedek refused to be advised, uh, he refused to, to agree, and he convinced them either go to his uncle, Reb Chaim Avram, the second son of the Alter Rebbe, or his brother-in-law, Reb Menachem Nochem, to become Rebbe. Now, both of them refused, saying that their nephew or brother-in-law was better suited to be Rebbe. And this went on for six months after the... the, the, the uh, Mittal Rebbe was, his establishment was Tess Kislev. Yeah. It went, this went all the way till Shavuos, that they were going back and forth trying to convince him. And by, on Shavu, until Shavuos, that year, that the Tzemach Sadek agreed to become Rebbe. Now once again, the leading Hasidim gathered and decided that each one would go to a different area to share the wonderful news and encourage everyone to become a kusher to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe obviously was given the responsibility to visit all the colonies in Kherson. And Rebillo once told his Talmidim that during the first nine Mayamarim you heard from the Rebbe, the Tzemach he stood with Kabbalah's oil. Meaning that he didn't realize how great the Rebbe was, the Tzemach And he said it was only during the 10th Mimer that he recognized Rebbe as opposed to, oh, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to versus I want to. After assuming the Nasius, the Tzemach Tzedek appointed a Vad of five Hasidim. We're going to talk about this Vad a lot in the Tzemach Tzedek book. They were in charge of all the community work. So there was Ramosha Meisels, the famous spy, right, from Vilna. Reb Baruch Mordechai of Abroisk. Reb Isaac Kumler, Reb Hill Parcher. And Reb Peretzchein. Now the Vad would discuss the community issues with the Rebbe. And they would forward his instructions to the Hasidim. Now the thing is, nobody knew about this Vad. The Vad was, with the, the Hasidim didn't know there was such a thing called the Vad, of five. 
They thought, oh, these Hasidim are just talking, whatever. They didn't realize that, that some of the, uh, that, that, that the Rebbe was meeting secretly with the Hasidim. Now, the reason for all these things was because the Semach Tzedek was doing very, we'll say, illegal things in Russia at that time. Mainly, the main thing was trying to help the Cantonists, the boys that were kidnapped and, and forced into the army. Now, because of that, because he was doing all these illegal things to get them out, well, of course it was illegal. He's saving Jewish lives. But they didn't want that the Rebbe should ever be blamed for anything. So the government was very suspicious, and rightly so, of the Tzemach Sedek. And they watched him. Like, you know how like the KGB would watch people or the FBI in America, right? They watched him for six years. Yeah. And as hard as they tried, they couldn't prove that the Rebbe was involved. Because again, the Rebbe never came out publicly at a Shabbos uh, mimer and said, we have to fight against these things and we have to save all the candidates. He, he, he never did that. The Rebbe always told, whenever someone came to the Rebbe and said, please help us with the candidate story. And he goes, I'm sorry, I can't get involved. But meanwhile, he would call one of the, the, the members of the five, the Vada Vad Chamesh, right? The, the Vada of five people. And he would say, this is what I want you guys to do. But don't tell anyone that it's me saying it. So they would come and, and the, the, these, these five great Hasidim, when they would fabrain, they would say, I, they would say loudly to make sure even if there are spies in the area, they'll hear. It's so sad that the Rebbe doesn't want to get involved in this. Right? Now this throws suspicion off the Rebbe. Now, the government knew who the leading Hasidim were, and they sent spies to find out what's happening. Um, and, and they said, listen, we can't do anything. All we could do is daven to Hashem. Right? This is what the spies kept hearing over and over. In 1845, the Tzemach Tzedek expanded his koilol, meaning for, for young married men, people who were just married to come and learn, that he, he made new branches. Instead of it being just in Lubavitch, he made in Hummel, under Rabbi Zekumler, and, and, and he made another one in Parish, under the Pillow Parisher. And each branch had 90 students, which you have to understand in those days, that's huge. Today that's huge. I don't think there's too many Kailalim that have 90 students. My, my cousin's in a Kailal here in Baltimore. Four. They got the whole Kailal has four students, right? That's a normal Kailal, let's say, would have 20 students. But that's it. 90 students for each. Now, seeing the tremendous uh, success and the positive influence that these young men were having on their surroundings, so the Rebbe established additional 19 branches. <clears throat> now, two years earlier, in, nine, in 1843, the Rebbe was in Petersburg battling the government's plans to force changes to the Jewish community. And during that time, he was arrested 22 times. And the Hasidim declared fast days in many cities. Now, when he finally returned home, shortly before Shoshana of that year, um, there was tremendous rejoicing among the Hasidim. However, their happiness was cut short, because shortly after the Yom Tavim, the Rebbe was accused of going against the government, and especially because a lot of Jewish uh, soldiers were disappearing, and they were blaming the Rebbe. And the Rebbe instructed the Hasidim not to come to Lubavitch until Pesach. And no Hasidus was said publicly. Privately. Now for, for Pesach, thousands of Hasidim come to Lubavitch to, to hear the first public Hasidus in months. Now Parshish Sav, the Rebbe said a mimer, 
that he mentioned in Medrash that says that Hashem himself would bring down the Malach of Edom. Edom is, we are in Golos Edom right now. And the Chassidim understood this to me that the danger was over. And they became happy and they, they, they came to Lubavitch. And by Lag Bohemer, Lubavitch was filled with thousands of Chassidim who came to see the Rebbe. Now, in Lag Bohemer, the Rebbe would fabring in the open fields. This is a minute that ended up stopping eventually because of Russian type of stuff, like, like the, they didn't want to be suspicious. And the Chassidim would gather to fabring Erev Lag Bohemer and it would go way past midnight. And then they would sleep a few hours. They would get up and daven at sunrise. This is what happens when, when also the, today, when this year, Lag Boimer falls on a Sunday, right? When I was a bacher, you, almost, you basically don't sleep on Lag Boimer because Maitre Shabbos, you're busy setting up the whole float and 10, 10 a.m. it starts the parade. So when are you supposed to sleep? So, so usually you don't sleep. If, once you get to become a bacher, you don't sleep uh, when Lag Boimer falls on a Sunday. Anyways, after Shachras, they would continue their fabrengen until two in the afternoon. And at that time, the Rebbe would arrive in Fabreng. Now that particular year was a problem because Erev Lag Boimer fell out on the second Monday of Bahab. Bahab is a Monday, Thursday, Monday after Sukkis and after Pesach that you fast on those days. Now the problem is you can't fast in the month of Nisan. So the, the first, it's the first Monday, usually it's the first Monday in Ear. Ear. Now it has to be the, the, it has to be that it's the first uh, yeah the first Monday in here. Um, and now it's possible that means that Erev Lag Boimer could be a fast day, technically. And in those days, many most Hasidim I would say probably fasted on those days. Um, however, since the minog that you start the fabringen on Lag on Erev Lag Boimer before sunset. It's, it was unclear, should we say, listen, we'll make a stipulation when we agree to fast, we'll say we're only fasting until right before sunset. Now the Rabbanim, Rabbi Isaac Kumler, Rabbi Isaac Vitebsker, Rabbi Nechemi of Dubrovna, they all declared that the fast should end early. And they personally ended their fast before sunset. And even Rabbi Hillel also came out and said that the fast should end early. But he personally didn't wash until after, say, Sekechavim. And the other Rabbanu questioned him about this. And Rapilla said, listen, I didn't wash for two reasons. Number one, I accustomed my body that what is not necessary to be done, my body won't be able to do. Therefore, I'm afraid that I won't be able to swallow the piece of bread I'm going to try to eat. Which means that I'll, I will have made a bracha levatala. And when I'm going to be judging Shemayim, they're going to ask me, Oh, why was I lenient in this case? I would then have to spend time explaining the halacha, why it was permissible. And that would take considerable time. And if every moment in this world is precious and shouldn't be wasted, how much more so every moment in the next world is precious. I don't want to waste my time arguing up there when I get to Shemayim. So instead, I just didn't wash and that's it. Do one more short story. As is known... The pillow became a chassid of the Alta Rebbe without ever actually having seen the Rebbe. However, he once heard the Alta Rebbe through the window. He heard the Alta Rebbe say a mimer. Uh, he also heard uh, the Alta Rebbe once talk directly to him when he was hiding under the couch. And he then became a devoted chassid of the Mittler Rebbe and then the Tzemach Tzedek. When he would speak about the Rabbeim or repeat something they said, he never called them by their name. 
So, how did the Chassidim know which Rebbe, when he says, we, in English there's a word, the Rebbe, right? But in Yiddish there's three ways of saying that. You could say, the Rebbe, oh, sorry, there's two ways. There's the Rebbe and der Rebbe, right? So, I, I, it's not clear which Rebbe he called which, but one was the Rebbe and one was der Rebbe.